At Laylee, located here in Pella, would you believe that our elves are busy building robots that milk and feed cows? We enjoy giving the gift of robotic equipment to hardworking dairy producers year-round. Our robots allow more time for dairy producers to spend together. It's really the gift that keeps on giving. And by the way, isn't that what the holidays are all about? Laylee's holiday challenge for you, slow down, appreciate life's gifts, and focus on the real reason for the season. Happy holidays from our family at Laylee, Farming Innovators. At Laylee, we continue to provide the latest innovations for the dairy industry. Our robotic milking systems put more milk in the tank with less effort. Our robotic feeding systems provide optimal feed efficiency for a healthy and productive herd. And we have a line of innovative barn products that create an animal-friendly environment focused on the cow's well-being and comfort. Laylee, a worldwide pioneer in dairy farm automation, with our North American headquarters right here in Pella, is proud to be part of the community. Today's front page of today's Laylee Radio Sports page is presented by Mahaska Bottling, your local Pepsi and Mountain Dew distributor. Andrew Schneider on KNIA Cable S Radio, our spotlight athlete this week from Pella High School, Alex Mitchell, who was just competing in the state bowling tournament earlier this week. First of all, a huge congratulations. Uh, what did that moment mean to you, and what did it mean to be a state qualifier? Um, so it really meant a lot to me. I've been working for this for, like, the past three years, and it was just really amazing to actually get and do it. And, yeah, it was really fun. Well, what was the experience like up there in Waterloo with all the lanes going? You Obviously, it's a really full day. There's all sorts of different teams competing. The boys and girls are going on simultaneously. What was that experience like with just so many people there at one place? Uh, it was kind of nerve-wracking in the beginning, but like once I actually started bowling, it was I just stayed calm and just did what I did and what I had to do. Yeah, and I believe placing 21st, and obviously there's some really good competitors in yeah. your class. Um, just from a competition standpoint, what was it like up there in the lanes, and what was it like to, to be shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with some of the best in the state? Uh, it was really fun, and it was a good experience and probably a learning standpoint of what I can do if I like practice on different lanes. and. Well, and let's talk about the rest of the season. Obviously, a, kind of an up-and-down year in terms of yeah. meet-to-meet, but there were some really nice moments, some records that were broken for the team. Um, what was it like to be a part of this group and, and obviously just be a part of Pella Bowling still, even with all the changes and transition this season? Um, it's been really fun. The transitioning, I've already bowled in Newton a lot, so that was really good. Uh, this was probably my best season so far, especially with shooting my highest score of 279. And... I've loved bowling with the Pella team ever since I've started, which was my sophomore year. So, Well, and, and then fast forward to state qualifying. Um, at what point did you realize at the state qualifying meet that this was a real possibility that, hey, I could be a state qualifier? Was there a certain point in your frames or just looking at other scores, or were you just surprised at the end you looked up and you saw your score like, hey, I'm going? Um, I definitely knew it. at like I thought I had a good standing on my first game for state qualifying, but then I shot a really good game during my second, and it was kind of nerve-wracking my last game because I did have a couple bad shots, which could have almost cost me. But, I mean, I made it, and I was really happy to do so. Well, and, you know, just given the context of, of having to go to a different school and all the above, what has bowling meant to you? What has this opportunity meant to you to have this experience? And what's it like to cap that experience off with a state tournament appearance? Um, so what it means to me is... Uh, like it's been a sport that I've loved to do for the past three years and I've put a lot of hard work and effort into it and to make it to state uh, even my senior year is just a really big accomplishment for me 
and it was really exciting to be able to make it. Well, and this team this year showed a lot of flashes of potential, especially with some of the younger bowlers. I know Carter qualified last year. What's it like for you to kind of leave this positive legacy and hopefully give some, you know, motivation to the team as you leave to see the program continue into the future and hope to have more success? Um, it's really good because I know my, some of my friends are, like, really good, and I would really like to see them make it in the next years, and I just hope that I can be remembered as one of the greats from Pella that made it to state qualifying and was able to do that. Well, that's Alex Mitchell. A huge congratulations, placing 21st in Class 2A at the state bowling meet. Uh, congratulations to you, and, and hopefully you're enjoying the, the accomplishment and hope you had a great season. Thank you. Now the center page on today's Laley Radio Sports page on KNIA and KRLS. I'm Derek Cardwell, and on today's Laley Radio Sports page, we are catching up and uh, shining a spotlight on uh, Knoxville's Tristan Carter. Just came back from uh, the state bowling uh, tournament, and, uh, well, Tristan, uh, top five uh, overall. Congratulations on that. Yes, sir. Thank you, Derek. It ended up all right. I'm proud of it. Um, second year in a row making it. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, I think I'm the first one in Knoxville to do that for bowling, at least individually. I know teams have before. So I'm happy with it. Let's talk about your uh, state uh, meet. Uh, you had to bowl, what, three individual games? Let's, I guess just take us through the day and what you had to do and what, what all went into that. Yep, we started the day with three individual games, like to begin with that morning at 9. And then after those three, we went into bracket play. And the first round of so when I got into bracket play I was seated seventh and I had to face the kid that was seated second and I lost to him but my score was higher than two or three I so three other kids and then I got seated fifth out of that and obviously uh you know when uh, you know you're out there you know you're not you have the goal of getting to that bracket play so as you go th- went, went through your uh, three rounds did you have kind of an idea that you might be finishing up there in the top uh, eight or so so I knew that I had to average about a 220 which I ended up averaging I think a 233 to make seventh um, I knew on Monday they had 2A and the 2A boys struggled they didn't I think with my 699 that I had, I would have been seated second on Monday. So I came in thinking that it would be a little easier than I thought it would be, and then come to find it, it ended up being a little tougher than I thought. So, was it uh, just a lame preparation, or or how you know how do you explain that? I'd say I think from the tournaments that I go to, a lot more 1A boys go to those tournaments. See, I feel like the 1A boys spend a lot more time on the lanes. From what I've been noticing. Um, and maybe they just had a bad day on Monday too. It just, it just depends. It's a sport, you know what I mean. So, talking to Knoxville's Tristan Carter on uh, KNIA Kevless on the today's Laley Radio Sports page. Has come back from a uh, uh, second straight uh, state tournament uh, appearance. I remember talking to you earlier in the season, and you really weren't totally happy with how things were going at that uh, point. What, uh, how much, what kind of things did you improve upon to to get yourself back to state? So. I don't know, I was having a rough time there at the beginning. I just I was missing just a little bit of technique to get to where I needed to be. I was just missing a couple spares and it all adds up in the end and I don't know. I ended up a couple weeks ago figuring it out. I it was something in the way that I was bending my knee or something. I couldn't remember what it was. But I got that figured out and then went from there and 
it all worked out. So let's uh, you know talk about the state qualifier. You had to finish uh, you know, a certain point. I believe it was you were runner up uh, overall. I believe in that uh, uh, meet. And uh, you know what was that like? Uh, you know getting through that, and you know maybe you know having uh, you know some struggles there if you did. Well, I won last year. I won substate last year. I was hoping to do it again. I was up the first two games. And then I lost the last game by six pins. He had me by six. I just, in the 10th frame of that last game, I missed. I threw my first ball, and it was a terrible split. And then that just ended me there. So Again, talking to Tristan Carter, Knoxville uh, bowler, who uh, just uh, made uh, back-to-back state uh, meet appearances. Uh, you are an avid bowler. You bowl at a lot of uh, tournaments uh, in the off season. How important is that to keep your game sharp, uh, you know, even you know, when the season isn't going on? I think it's really important. I think consistency is key in bowling. I think as long as you're keeping at it and not taking super long breaks from it and at least going once or twice a week, you're going to get better. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. It's the same with every other sport. As long as you stay with it, you're going to improve. And, uh, you know, not just you, but the rest of the team don't have the advantage of a bowling center here in Knoxville. And, you know, the Pella one is gone. So where do you go? And, and I, I know you hold your meet at Oskaloosa. Is that where you mainly kind of use your home base? I practice a lot of Oski. Well, for example, a kid on our team, Dan Nichols, he started off – I got him talking into doing league with me. When he his first day of league, he was averaging 120, and by the end of league, or as of last week, he's now up to 180 average just by going instead of going just on Mondays, also going on Wednesdays, and that just the consistency there is what is really causing his game to improve. And uh, I know you're somewhat interested in, uh, you know, continuing your career to collegiate level. Haven't, uh, you know, decided yet, but uh, I know you've got some options out there. Yep, I've got a few options. I think I've had a couple coaches talking to me. Um, I went to Penn. I got offered from Penn. Um, there's a lot of options. I just haven't decided what I want to do yet completely. So, yeah, we'll hopefully I figure it out soon and we can go from there. How did you get uh, started in bowling? Was it, you know, your parents or just uh, decided to give it a try one day? So my cousin was on the team. It was his senior year, and he asked me to do it. He just wanted me to do it with him, and I ended up doing it. I liked it, and then I got along with the boys super well, and then we started practicing outside of practice, and we went from there. And uh, I noticed uh, when I was at the meet uh, this year, and you've been a two-handed bowler for quite a while. How much has that, uh, you know, helped you in your, uh, you know, uh, improvement over the years? So I started off as a freshman. My first year, I one-handed, and then another kid on the team, Robert Sloan, who graduated two years ago, taught me how to two-hand. So then my sophomore year, I started to kind of do it. I, by the end of my sophomore year, I was completely two-handing. But in those three years that I've been doing it, I just practice all the time. So that's kind of what's helped me out there and kind of formed my own way of doing it. So. All right. Well, Tristan, again, congratulations and best of luck, uh, you know, uh, in the future. And uh, hopefully uh, one day we'll uh, see you, in, uh, you know, at another level. Yes, sir. Thank you, Derek. Now time for today's back page on today's Laley Radio Sports page on KNIA and KRLS. I'm Derek Cardwell, and on today's Laley Radio Sports page, we talk sprint car racing. That's right, it may be February, but the sprint car season is starting to awaken as several traveling series have started their seasons in Florida, and in a couple of months, the Knoxville Raceway will awaken from its winter slumber. This Saturday and next will be our two Matt Morrow and Carl Chevrolet Sprint Car Racing Radio Preview Shows. 
Mike Roberts and I will give you a little taste of the season, and we'll also have several guests this Saturday at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on KNIA. One of our guests is Knoxville Raceway General Manager Jason Reed. It was announced earlier this winter that the 360 and 410 weekly prize money has been raised. Reed talks about how the 360 prize fund was accomplished. The 360s, um, I'm going to say that's uh, all contributed to uh, a group Alan D. Highs led to the 360 Booster Club. Uh, he's one. He you know, kind of brought that to the uh, us several years ago that he wanted to try to you know raise some money, and we put all that money in the 360 purse, and we told him absolutely anything you can raise, we will put it all in that purse. And uh, he went out this year and, and found some more people, so that they were able to add like fifty thousand dollars for the year into the 360. Wow! You know that's all all money contributed by the 360 Booster Club. So yeah, that really is able to help the the 360 um, purse. And this year on that also, we uh, added more. You know basically back like fourth on back, you know, kind of spread the money out through the whole field. So everybody that's there is going to get some, uh, an incentive race there. And then the 410 purse, uh, we just, you know, with all, all the competition, uh, for, uh, racers to be at, at Knoxville with other big races they have going on uh, opportunities this year, we just felt well, you know, we needed to try to raise the bar a little bit and, uh, add some more money to that to try to make sure that the, everybody come to Knoxville has a good reason to come to Knoxville and, can make some good money and then keep our local guys, you know, racing all year and every year with a raise, rising cost that they're facing also. Listen for more of Jason Reed this Saturday on KNIA. Another guest this week will be the first part of an interview we did with National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum Executive Director Bob Baker. Bob says that while they do not have the large crowds they get through the Hall of Fame and Museum as they do during the race season, it is still a busy place. There's a lot of physical work going on to keep the buildings up. There's five buildings now. So there's always work in the five buildings to keep things going. And then, of course, you know, the preparation for the following year, we're doing our Hall of Fame induction. So that's two rounds. We have a nomination ballot round and then a final ballot round that goes out. It's pretty much the same for the poll awards. We have a nomination ballot and a final ballot for the 410 Sprint Car Poll Awards and also the 360 Sprint Car Poll Awards and the non-wing Sprint Car Poll Awards. So... The polling and all that takes a little bit of time to get those nominations out, get them back in, get them counted, get the final ballots out, get them counted, get all the announcements made. And then there are a lot of events this time of year for us that we attend. We go to the World Finals in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. That's usually the first weekend in November. Uh, We go to the PRI Trade Show, which is usually the first week in December. Then we go to the indoor race, the late model race that's in St. Louis, the Battle in the Dome, or they call it the Gateway, Gateway Dirt Nationals is what they call it. We do that event, and, of course, we go to the Chili Bowl every year, which is in January, and that's basically a week. We have to move in on a Saturday before the races start on Monday, and then it's a week worth of racing, then move out Saturday night and drive back to Knoxville Sunday to get back caught up again in the museum on Monday from the week being out of the museum. So there are some events that we do attend in the wintertime, but there's a lot of work in the museum that takes place also. We have drivers as well, and one local driver that has had an up-and-down last couple of seasons is Carson McCarl. This year, he teams up with the Beelhauer car for several races, and McCarl is looking forward to a more than competitive ride in 2024. You know, we were just talking, and I was like, well, hey, man, if, you know, if you're not going to drive it, would, you know, would you mind if, you know, if I gave him a call? You know, I wanted to talk to Blake first. I never want to step on anyone's toes or go after anyone's sponsors or rides or anything like that. And, you know, he was cool with it. So I gave Billy a call. You know, we did a short little interview, and then, about a month later, I, I came down here to the shop and, and met everyone and, 
uh, apparently they liked me because I got the call the next day and got the job. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it. They got great equipment and, uh, you know, they're great people to work with already. And I, I think it's going to be a great, fun, successful year. You guys put out a schedule already, and uh, I, I, when again, I heard this announcement, I thought, okay, hey, Carson's got a ride for Knoxville. He can use his own car for other places. You guys got a pretty aggressive schedule, though. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's really, um, you know, when I came down here and talked to him, uh, you know, the the vibe I was getting was they, you know, kind of just wanted to do Knoxville, and then once Knoxville's done, you know, do some Missouri, Kansas, Lakes, o- Ozark, you know, type of stuff, sure. and. Uh, then he sent me the schedule and I was like, hell yeah. You know, we got Kokomo on there. I mean, all kinds of Eldora, Kings Royal, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, it's not a ton of races, you know, it's only 30, 35 races, but uh, we're kind of, kind of covering everywhere. So I'm really excited to, to have the opportunity to go to these other places besides Knoxville. And, you know, I'll still race my own car from time to time, you know, in the 360 deal at Knoxville and, you know, maybe some local stuff at Houston here and there, stuff like that. But uh, no, it's uh, it's it's aggressive, but not too, but you know, not too crazy, uh, too many races or anything like that. So I think it's going to work out great. Our final guest this Saturday is Garrett Williamson. To say it was a roller coaster ride in August would be an understatement. After the 360 Nationals last season, he was suddenly without a ride. Then Dennis Ganey quickly put a deal together for the Knoxville Nationals, and now they will run an aggressive schedule this season, but being smart about where they will race. 80 shows, it's subject to change, obviously. It's kind of, that's far out there, I think don't have any plans to take me off but with rainouts and such and if anything comes up and we need to pull back the reins a little bit and get back to square one then we will but that's what we're shooting for we talked about you know do we go run high limits do we go run the outlaws first year but i don't think and we sat down i don't think that would have been the right move to do as a first year team i think we we need to establish ourselves and we need to get some core people in the right places and get everyone comfortable going up and down the road. Cause when I, when we go do that, I want to be a, a car and a team that can go win races that can compete up front in a points championship race. And we really want to do it right. And we don't want to have a lot of, we want to, we want to cover our bases yep. before we go do anything like that. And we want to make sure we're, we're not a, a rolling joke up and down the up and down the road. So that's just a sampling of what you will hear Saturday on the Matt Morrow and Carl Chevrolet Sprint Car Racing Radio Preview Show. Again, the show airs Saturday at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on KNIA. That was today's back page on today's Laley Radio Sports page on KNIA and KRLS. You can find segments from the show and podcasts online at KNIAKRLS.com.